Chapter 10 of Mystery at Number 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mystery at Number 6 by Augusta Hewell Seaman. Chapter 10 Ike Massey Becomes a Nuisance. Suffering Cats! Do you see that? exclaimed Sidney under his breath. Of all the people we didn't want to see, he's the worst. I've got all I want out of him. Now he's just going to be troublesome. What shall we do? demanded Bernice in the same fashion. Bluff it out. Make him think we're just here for fishing, if we can. Just leave him to me. They pretended to be unaware of his presence as long as they dared, but Ike was not easily to be shaken off. Hey, he shouted lustily, what you doing out here again? Hello, Ike, Sidney returned with apparent good nature. Here you are again. We seem to meet frequently nowadays. Come to try your luck at number six. Will Partly, how's fishing today? Pretty poor. You see, we haven't more than one or two to show for it. Going home now, as soon as I can jack up this self-starter. Been fishing all the time, demanded Ike, a curious glitter in his eye. Something about his manner warned Sidney that the man had been loitering around unseen longer than they suspected, and he made his answer all the more wary. Been tinkering with this thing about half the time, he laughed ruefully, as a matter of fact, realizing that he had only set up his rod in a perfunctory way while they were waiting for delight, and had had but the one catch, he did not dare to stretch the time any further. Well, I was over at the other side, down in the cove there, and the biting was fine, remarked Ike, who seemed determined, for some reason, to get him in a hole. In confirmation of his statement, he exhibited a heavy catch lying in his old leather pouch. Must have been some reason it was better there than here, then, answered Sidney, searching his toolbox for pliers. Plague take this thing. We'll never get back at this rate. Bang the crank up the other day, and it won't catch either. All this time Bernice had been standing by, conscience that Ike had a definite purpose in questioning them. She knew that he must have been across the pool, probably concealed by the vegetation that grew close to the edge at that point, long before they had arrived that afternoon, else they must surely have seen his approach. How much had he seen? How much had he heard? What did he surmise? The speculation turned her fairly cold with dismay. She longed to get into the car and fly from the scene, but this was not possible. Meanwhile, Ike had devised a new form of torture. Seen you take a flying trip over to the house there, he pointed to the deserted farmhouse. It had come, Sidney perceived, that there was no use of dodging the issue any longer. Ike had probably seen even more than he was going to acknowledge. Why, surely, I went over to see if that kid was at home. 
Bernice wanted to see her and talk to her a bit. She's rather scary of old Jerry, is Bernice. That's why she didn't go herself. He did not know whether Ike had discovered for himself that the birds had flown or not. Considering, however, that even if he had not, it would be best in the end to be open about the matter, he went on. Funny thing, though. The whole outfit seems to have moved out, gone away on a visit or something. Yeah, I know, acknowledged Ike suckingly. Found that out myself earlier in the day. Devoutly trusting this would end the matter, Sidney went on with his tinkering in silence. But Ike was by no means satisfied. You wasn't at all disturbed about their going, so sudden-like, was you? He queried, sitting down on a hammock and refilling his pipe. Disturbed? Why should we be? parried Sidney, bending lower over his work to hide the flush of indignation that would surge up over his fair-skinned face. As for Bernice, she had turned actually pale under her tan. Well, I see you running back here, and then the both of you pelted back to the house for all you was worth, and was in and out of it considerable for a spell. Paired like you was rather upset somehow. Of course, we were considerably surprised to find them gone, admitted Sidney, with as much dignity as he could muster. I ran back and told my cousin here, and we both went over to the house and tried to see if we could find any trace of them, but we weren't successful. But if he thought this explanation was going to satisfy Ike, he was sadly mistaken. The attack was instantly renewed from another angle this time. I warrant you'd give a good deal to know why they plugged out of here so sudden, wouldn't you? It's none of my business, that I know of, retorted Sidney stiffly. Those people have a right to go and come as they please. Sure, sure, acknowledged Ike, nodding wisely. I ain't saying they haven't had a right. I just remarked you'd mighty well like to know why they lit out. Well, wouldn't you, retorted Sidney, turning the tables on him. Oh, I admit I'm curious about them. I'm always just naturally interested in other folks' affairs, seeing I ain't got any particular of my own. But I don't reckon I'm so ill-fired wrapped up in this affair as you two seem to be. You sure did hit me as all cut up about this here vanishing of Jerry and his clan. Well, Bernice has got sort of fond of that girl, and they chum it around a lot while I'm fishing, and altogether we were rather struck all of a heap by a sudden disappearance. It isn't strange. Didn't strike any clue as to where they'd gone, did you? demanded Ike, aiming suddenly at a vital spot. And here Sidney was nonplussed. Had Ike seen them when they discovered Delight's signal and hiding place? It was altogether likely, and if he had, was it any use to dissemble and try to throw him off the track? He did not want to tell a direct untruth, and any further evasion seemed impossible now. He was sick and disgusted with the gruelling he had been subjected to, and indignant beyond words that they should be so victimized. Moreover, it was growing late, 
and they should be home now. The self-starter was so far repaired that it worked, even though there were further adjustments that ought to be made. A sudden bright idea occurred to him, a way out of the unpleasant dilemma. How in the world could I have spotted a clue? he exclaimed testily. Now then, Bernice, I believe we're all ready. Get in quick as you can. We ought to have been home long ago. Bernice was quick to take the hint and scrambled in without further remark. But Ike was not done with them yet. He leaned across the door of the car in such a way that they could not very well start and continued his third degree of questioning. Before you go, I'd just like to ask, for reasons of my own, whether you did get any idea where that lot slid out to. Personally, I think it's the Glades, but I wouldn't put it past Jerry to light on some other choice, now that he's labelled as belonging in the Glades. It was only what Sidney had expected. He did not suppose for a moment that Ike was going to let him off so easily. But he had his scheme well planned. Stepping on the self-starter, he replied, I tell you, Ike, I don't know any more than... But he got no further, for at this point the car shot suddenly forward into the thicket, hurling Ike unceremoniously out of the way and landing him rather forcibly, head first, into a palmetto clump. On ploughed the car through the thicket and out toward the road while Bernice held on for dear life and shrieked lustily. Before it had quite landed head-on into a pine tree that stood directly in its path, Sidney managed to bring the unruly vehicle to a stop. Gee whiz, he exploded, getting out and mopping his forehead. That was some unexpected jump. You aren't hurt, are you, Ike? He called to the man who was just scrambling out of the bushes. Ike was decidedly shaken up and huffed. He felt himself all over solicitously, and sat down to extract a sharp splinter from his forearm. No, I guess there ain't any serious damage done, but it was a close call. What's the matter with that old coffee mill of yours, anyway? Guess that self-starter isn't just right yet. I only stepped on it a second, and the old thing leaped ahead like a young gazelle. Think I know what's wrong with it. She won't do it again. Come along, Ike. Can't we take you back to town? Not on your tin type, growled Ike, rubbing an abrased shin. You don't catch me in that thing again, not for a gold mine. I'll get back on Shank's mare. Thank you. Well, it's too bad, laughed Sidney. I don't believe it will happen again, but you're going to have a long hike. Well, so long, if we can't persuade you to come. And the little car shot away and was out of sight before Ike could change his mind. When they were out of sight of the pool and out of hearing too, Sidney stopped the car at the side of the road and lay back in his seat, helpless with laughter. Bernice stared at him in wonder and alarm. "'What on earth is the matter?' she demanded at length. "'Oh, oh, oh cried Sidney, holding his sides. "'That was too rich. 
I'd stand it all over again to see the way he went, heels overhead, into the bushes. That's what you might call poetic justice. Well, it's mighty lucky it happened so, anyhow, sighed Bernice. I was scared to death. I'll confess. But the accident was certainly fortunate for us. Fortunate, did you say? I'll have you know, young lady, that the recent little mischance was carefully planned and executed by yours truly. You don't mean you did it on purpose, cried Bernice, and when Sidney nodded, they both relapsed into another spell of helpless laughter. It was the only thing I could think of to give us a chance to get away without answering him, acknowledged Sidney, when he had recovered sufficiently to speak. The chap's getting to be a downright nuisance. He's on to the fact that we're deeply interested, and he'll never let go till he knows the reason why. We're going to have a lot of trouble with him, I'm afraid. I wish I'd never questioned him in the first place. Well, come ahead. We must be making tracks for home, or Ike will be hooking it along and discover us here. I couldn't very well pull off that bluff about the self-starter not working right again. End of chapter 10